When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. That's right. Saturdays in Tassie. Welcome to the show for Taz Racing. Foster or adopt a greyhound today. GapTaz.org.au. As always, it is Jeevesy, Holly, and starting the show with our very own bloody legend, music extraordinaire, Bailey Kenzie. Thanks for joining us, as always. Thanks for having Do me, Do you like Holly. that intro? That was a big intro. It was a big pump up. That's okay. No <laughs> problem. I'm just excited. And how good that the three of us are all back sitting with each other. I feel like we've been here, there, and everywhere. I don't know about listeners or you know everyone tuning in today but I feel like the past few weeks or September has just been nuts yeah it's been a bit all over the place we've been very detached haven't haven't been in the same room for what I know for a while yeah it's exciting I'm I'm really excited to uh to be back with everyone and you were on holiday I was on holiday Jeeves is here (laughs) holding down the fort for us Jeeves goes on no holidays (laughs) oh bless you but um no it's really exciting to be back with you both and can we just uh set the record straight that I did buy the coffee this morning um, because we obviously I, I thought what, what was what was our prediction that what was uh, our wager that we had that I had to buy you coffee Collingwood for? Sydney. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And of you, course. Were, you were on the One point. and they just didn't quite get it home. No. Anyway. Would so have been a better grand final if they did. Yes. Oh, geez, the Swans were horrible, weren't they? That was horrible. Oh, that was hard. Yeah. I mean, I, are mean, you, it wasn't I so know hard we haven't spoken <laughs> since, but like. Oh yeah. Good point. Congrats. Yeah, so you. amazing. I forgot you. It was um, a great day. You're a grand wagon. A great man. day, but not like the most exciting grand final to watch ever. But look, you know, super exciting. Good. We could, yeah. Um, and entertainment was amazing. If you're talking about um, Robbie and, and Delta. Geez, Delta still got it, doesn't she? She's just beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. And Robbie. Peter J's really got to watch his back. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, we need to get into this. Bailey, what do we got uh, for local news update? You're starting with cricket. Jack Jumpers, where are we starting? We'll start with cricket, Holly. It's a really exciting time of year. It's the return of Premier Cricket. It starts today. Round one is going to be split over both today and tomorrow. And there's a host of state and big bash players unavailable, but there's also a number of players who are new to the competition who are going to get to show their wares for the first time. So kicking off the season today, it's going to be Kingborough taking on South Hobart Sandy Bay. Looking at the sides, Kingborough is playing at home at the Twin Ovals and they'll be heading into that one as slight favourites. Notably, the, Cl- the Knights are without Clive Rose. He's spending time uh, coaching as part of the Cricket Tasmania women's program. Uh, they'll still have contracted player and ambidextrous bowler Nivi Radnakrishnan. That's an interesting point. He can bowl with both arms, left and right, which is a pretty rare skill pretty set. Cool. Yeah, he'll no doubt be a bit of a danger for the Sharks. And the Sharks have been able to pick up a left-arm fast bowler by the name of Caden Eaton from Western Australia. He can swing the ball both ways um, and he bowls at a pretty decent clip as well. That's the only game that's being played today and all the rest of the games are being played tomorrow. I understand that's due to 
weather and giving the grounds a bit of a chance to get dry so there actually can be some cricket this weekend tomorrow. And I might be a bit biased, but I'd say this is probably the game to keep your eyes on. Okay. It's University versus Newtown. Oh, yes, of course. Okay. It's yep. going to be played at the Twin Ovals. Tim Payne is making his return to the game. He's been out of action Alex, for quite S- a while. SEN's Tim Payne. SEN's Tim Payne. Um, he'll be back in action. I think he's listed to bat first drop. Um, How exciting. So very exciting for that's him. Awesome. And he'll get to bat on a nice flat Twin Ovals wicket that's already had a day of cricket on it. So he'll be... Licking his lips to That's get out there. That's great news. Yep. University are also named Jake Doran and Tim Ward, who play. Uh, well, Jake Doran played for Tasmania yesterday, so it's a really stacked university lineup. We've also got uh, Tim Oakley coming down, uh, who's come across on off a contract from South Australia. Mm-hmm. So a very very strong lineup. Uh, university, of course, finished bottom of the ladder last year, whereas Newtown finished premiers last year. But on paper, it looks as though University might be heading in. Slight favourites, keeping things pretty trying to keep things pretty objective. It'll be a really interesting game. Uh, the Bucks have also managed to pick up an off-spinner by the name of Joe Graham, who plied his trade for St George in New South Wales. It's also going to be a really good preparation for this Thursday's opening Shield game, which, of course, the lineup for that is very much not finalised. I think Jeeves and I were having this conversation a few weeks ago about who might take the gloves for Tasmania. It's Jake Doran at this stage in one day, but it remains to be seen who will take the gloves, so perhaps a little bit of a a hit out tomorrow and a look ahead, Jeevesy. Yeah, uh, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago and I still think the point remains that Tim needs to play some cricket and uh, we spoke with um, uh, Flash and Jordan Silk yesterday on the Friday morning show and Jordan Silk uh, was really strong on that point that mm. that it was pretty clear, it made pretty clear to Tim that, that he would almost have to you know, re-earn his stripes uh, re-earn that position. Um, I think if he can get off to a good start tomorrow, and he's seeing, you know, he's, he's confident in seeing the ball well, and he looks good, that that they'll pick him. I mean, he's, he's, he is still the best clubman in the world, and and has been probably for the last 15 years. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. The team that that you predicted was very bowler heavy, um, so I, I I think they may have been from the team that you um, thought they might run with. They'll drop a bowler and, and mm. play the extra batter, and Tim have him bat at seven and. Um, try and get some overs out of Webster. And you think there'd be room for both Jake Doran and Tim Payne? I think one, I w- one to play as a bat and one to play as a keeper? Well, yeah, Jake. I mean, I'm not sure that you play Tim as a specialist batter at shield level at the moment, but um, you would definitely play Jake Doran as a specialist batter. Um, and, you know, he would he would continue his position. He, he's been batting in the in the top five. Um, Tim, to, Tim to bat at seven, even eight, if you had to. And... Um, uh, sorry, you put me off there, Holly. You've just completely changed the level. I can actually hear my voice now, which is disgusting. <laughs> my voice is disgusting. Great voice, mate. <laughs> it was all going so well. Um, but yeah, it, it is. It is going to be a, a really interesting uh, weekend for for cricket on on that exact front. Mm. Payne, Doran, how they uh, how they fare for the shield for the Shield season it'll also or the be really, Shield opener. Yeah, it'll also be really interesting to see who actually takes the gloves for uni tomorrow. Maybe um, Coach Damien Wright splits it down the middle and gives the gloves to someone else to keep it impartial. I don't think that'll actually happen. It's just going to be interesting to see whether Doran or Payne is gloving them for university. Could that be an indication of who's going to take the gloves for the Shield? It'll be really interesting. It, well, it's, it's quite interesting that, that Jake Doran moved from North Hobart to uni, um, but I'm not sure why. Oh, I think like it just I doesn't think, make any sense. If I think the proof's been in the pudding as to why he moved to uni. He's been able to come across, win premierships, bat a little bit higher and have a really senior role within the God, side. He's also, 
He's also he's also going to be he? he's also been named. Get as, a load of him. But it just like from a straight cricket sense, he 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 would have had complete ownership over the gloves at North Hobart. And oh, realistically, man. whenever uh, whenever those state players come down and and they and they pick a club, they can do whatever they want anyway. They can bat wherever they want. They can take the gloves. Aww. They can bowl. So I think you're you're probably off the mark a little bit there. I don't know. He's, he's also going to be captaining the side tomorrow, Jake Doran. And so I'll be I'll be honest. Thing. I don't think he cares too much. You're about defending your flag. club, and I just. Love it. I yeah. love Bailey's passion about you. He's very red in the face. He's very red in the face at the moment. I'm, I'm always red in the face. I'm um, all for it. Looking around, <laughs> looking around the grounds, we've got Clarence taking on Lindisfarne at Roubaix Oval. They've named the Roos, have named a very strong side and their bowling attacks. Probably one that would leave other sides green with envy. They're opening up with Lawrence Neal-Smith and Sam Rainbird, the Tigers duo of left arm and right arm, swinging him in opposite directions. So very threatening prospect. They've also been able to pick up a new recruit in Joel Size, who's had some involvement with the emerging Redbacks in South Australia. He comes into the fold to make his Clarence taboo. They've also got Clint Hinchcliffe, who's a left-arm wrist spinner. He's a huge get for the Roos. He played the sole game last year, and I think he tore Glenorchy apart, was it, Jeevesy? Um, so he's dominated club cricket in West Australia and regularly turns out for the Melbourne Stars. Lindisfarne, on the other hand, they've picked up Will Sanders, who played a sole game for the Hurricanes last year. So a bit of a toss of the coin, that game at Roubaix Oval. And in the north, the Raiders will take on Glenorchy. The Raiders haven't actually named a side yet. They're the only ones not to do so. But their danger players typically are batter Charlie Easto, bowler James Beattie, and Jonathan Chapman, all who played second 11 last year. So Glenorchy naming a strong side as well with the likes of Virk and also Josh Hart, who are coming back from Ringwood. And Jeeves, you'll be able to maybe fill us in with some of the other players in that Yeah, in that so uh, Joe Loram from Ringwood, he's moved down and um, he, he's been a huge addition for us. A really classy player, over 200 uh, grade games of experience in... Uh, in Victoria for Ringwood, uh, some some second level experience as a young fellow. He's just an excellent guy, fits in re- really well with the club. Uh, we've got some some deputants as well. So um, uh, Jatinder Singh's a, an excellent leggy. He's kind of come from nowhere. He's bowling uh, superbly. Um, and who's the other one? I actually haven't had a great look at our team. I think we've got um, oh, Lorem is is the other one as well. We're going to so. have to bring him on the show. Yeah, we will. And it's a yeah. super exciting... Get some guys on, yeah. yeah. It is a really exciting time of year as well, round one. There's a lot of cap presentations that are going to mm. take place across awesome. this weekend. A lot of photos. A lot of photos. Very exciting, interesting round one of, of Premier Cricket, Holly. Awesome. Uh, the other, the other uh, deputant was um, Sanjay Andrajaya, um, who's uh, an exciting 19-year-old uh, off-spinner. That's yeah. a great name, you've isn't done, it? You've That's done well, quite well. So, yeah, he's a nice young player. So, yeah. it's um, very good. Love it. Nice Love wrap it. up on the Premier Crick. Uh, Premier Crick. Premier Crick. <laughs> Premier Crick. Hey, I'm just trying to. He just, hates cricket that much. He can't bring himself I'm to just, say the full name of the I'm sport. I'm just trying to get with what the young fl- man lingo. What are you flat out, mate? But is it, isn't this what you they do? The, the young Crick. people. I'm trying to fit in with you guys. What are you, 20? Team 21. I'm keen for my game. You shorten everything. James is absolutely flat chat this morning. He's got no time. We shorten everything in the modern day. Really looking forward to round one of Premier Crick. Prem yeah, Crick? No, it's Prem Crick. Prem Crick. Yeah, Prem Crick. No, we're really busy yeah. here. We don't have time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'll quit soon enough. All and right. honestly, if next week we have to listen to this uni garbage for, for 15 minutes, he won't be invited. We'll cut him. Oh, don't it's be off. like that. <laughs> He's no, out. More, no more uni chat. All right, we'll be talking about it a lot when they win the premiership this year, Jamesy. Okay, let's go to a short break and we'll be back. We're going to continue uh, your update, Bailey. We've got lots to talk about. Jack Jumpers, AFL bid, hockey one, all the good stuff. We'll be back after this. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie. 
for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. That's right. Saturdays in Tassie, Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves, Bailey Kenzie with you this morning. We're, oh, I'm just, this is a great day. I'm having a fun time here this morning. You're so easily pleased. Sun shining. We've had a few giggles. Anyway, I'm reading out a couple of texts quickly before you get into it, Bailey. Uh, David, our family have flown to Melbourne to watch the Jackies tonight. Go Jack Jumpers and go the Bucks back to back. Go the bloody Jack Jumpers tonight in Melbourne. How exciting. Uh, first home game here next Monday. And uh, another one, you're not going to like this. Uh, uh, door and move there for cash. Wow. What do you have to say about that? Um, everyone loves cash, don't they? <laughs> I love cash. Yeah, well, everyone loves everyone, cash. Everyone might love cash, Jeevesy, but under the CTPL rulebook, you're actually not allowed to pay Oh, players. is that right? So university is very much abiding by that. Although there was a salary cap breach. There's oh, been a salary cap breach in the past, and it was a, and it may have involved, my time, so may have involved your can, club. I think this is before my time, so I'm not in a position to comment. To oh, give you, to give you, to give you, so to give you a politician's the, answer. How's the media how's training? That, yeah, yeah, how's yeah, that? Didn't yeah. slide him a couple of pineapples. You don't reckon? Yeah, not today? enough cash. It's not my portfolio. Not a few greenbacks. Cash. No, okay, fair enough. <laughs> well right. handled, Bailey. Well done. Well done. Jack jumpers. Jack jumpers. Yes. Well, how exciting! It's the season opener for the Jack jumpers tonight, taking you on Southeast. Melbourne Phoenix away. The side flew out yesterday and we, we heard that Scott Roth, he's set on his starting five, but he doesn't want to say what it is. Anyone got any tips? What are you thinking, Jamesy? I think uh, Chris, Chris Levich, uh, McVeigh, Doyle, Kelly, Majette. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds, that I think sounds pretty similar that to what might I had be, in my head. might be how it starts. Yeah, I like uh, it. If they want to go small, maybe they start McVeigh at centre and or McDaniel's out injured, but they could they could potentially play another guard. Doyle and Kelly will play quite big yep. in this comp, I think. They're both really good af- athletes. Yep. Kelly can defend the four, Doyle the three, and then you could potentially play uh, a White, who's been super hot. I'm really mm. excited to see how he goes. And he just yeah. got... Um, Locked in as the fourth and final. Yeah, the um, is it the development player? Yeah, they development player. Yeah, very, yeah. very exciting. So and he's obviously had a great pre The great white. The great white. How good's that? And uh, Scotty Roth spoke yesterday again. I was lucky enough to fill in for for Jack with man. with Flash, and we spoke to uh, Scott Roth, and he spoke really highly of Sean Mack, his preseason. So if they want shooting. Um, he, he could be a potential starter as well. Well, an abundance of options for the Jack Jumpers, but as usual, as happened last year, the, the so-called experts and the basketball insiders are tipping they won't have that high a finish, which is a pretty pretty interesting thing to say for nah. a side that you know played so well, particularly at John Kane Arena. They were able to win that semi-final there last year, so a, it's an arena with plenty of fond memories. For Tassie them, fans so. that are heading to Melbourne today, pack your clappers. Mm. Yes, don't, don't I nearly swore your, then. Don't I actually nearly swore. Don't don't <laughs> pack your clappers. outdoor clappers. Just your indoor clappers. No, just don't pack the clappers. Pack your clappers in your carry-on luggage. It won't take up much of your seven kilo carry-on. And then also, wait. If, if Jeezy was in charge of Qantas, it'd be one of those banned items. Be I know. The clappers can I ask? Umbrellas, aerosols, clappers. Jeezy <laughs> at the security <laughs> gate. Seriously, I'm going to lose it with you two in a second. Um, I think we've. <laughs> I think we've got. <laughs> We have a guest, Christine Finnegan's coming on. She's Chief Commercial and Customer Officer yeah, at the Jack Jumpers legend. later on, and a legend. I'm going to ask her directly if we can ban the clappers. No. I'm putting it out there, and then also turn the music down just a little bit. No. Well, give us your take, text in, and let us know what you think about <laughs> clappers. Are you with Jeeves here, or are you with Holly and I? Holly and I, I, te- I love them. I tell Jeeves you what, if you're over the age of 36, you want the clappers out. 
Clappers have got to go. But anyway, let's keep rolling yeah, to the sorry. news. The Jack Jumpers <laughs> have got seven games inside three weeks. So it's going to be a hectic start. That includes going to New Zealand, of course. So, I mean, Roth said yesterday, he was speaking uh, to Win News' very own Brent Costello. He said he's, he's not very nervous. He's more nervous about lighting his cigar and there not being wind in the air when he does so than the game itself. So very cool head, very relaxed. Tip-off is at 6 o'clock tonight and SEN, of course, will be there covering yep, that game. play-by-play play will be there. I just love Scott Roth. I'm just such a Scotty fan. I'm going to get a Scott Roth t-shirt and my clapper. Yeah, well, um, oh, yes, the Electric Wiki electric t-shirt. Wiki is doing a Scott, Scott Froth. I really want one. Yeah, Scott it's good. Frothen. Let's all get one. We'll all get one and wear them on the show Great. next week. So moving on to AFL now. So there's been some pretty good news emerging during the week in mm. relation to Tasmania's AFL bid. The AFL has requested, of course, the clubs to submit their position on a 19th licence to the league by the end of business next Friday. So a decision after that is expected uh, You know, in the next month or so. We heard from Nick Street um, that even Tony Cochrane has changed his tune on a Tassie team, oh. which probably, which is huge. Everyone, buy your lotto t- yeah. <laughs> <I> nearly, <laughs> So, uh, from I nearly of, swore again then. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to have a dump button. We, yeah, need, we, to get, we need to get Cochrane on. <laughs> so, Imagine. So yeah, that, we'll go in. A decision is expected, yeah, within, within that next month or so. From all reports, the business case that's been put to all the presidents was really strong. Yeah, and, which and is, therefore worth the wait. Which, everyone, which is why Cochrane's on board. He openly mm-hmm. said, oh, I'm surprised with the amount of money they're investing. Mm-hmm. Funny oh, that. Funny that. Horrible. Tony, if you're listening... We told you so. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be as listening we, as well. As, as we as in. we know that the bid for this uh, the bid for the team um, is really contingent on a stadium, and the funding for the stadium at the moment it looks like is very contingent on federal funding. Is it five hundred seventy nine million? Yeah, smackers there's a, or there's a, there's like a lot that. left, and, um, or private backing is the other option. We heard from federal housing minister Julie Collins, uh, Tasmania's own Julie Collins, yesterday. She does not believe. The state's bid should be contingent on the stadium. Unfortunately, Julie is not the AFL. It is contingent on a stadium. But that said, she said the feds are willing to to see what type of proposal is put to them. So some very, very positive news there in the AFL. We're we're not very far away at all. Get me in the Tassie Devils Mm. jumper ASAP, Mm. like yesterday. Well, this this is one of the big debates. I mean, first of all, what's the team going to be called? Second of all... Devils versus. Uh, are you going to surrender? Is everyone, Who's going to surrender their own team? No one's surrendering. Forward? You no? have two teams. It's no. the biggest no-brainer I've ever seen two in my teams? life. Absolutely two so teams. What, what do you do when they're playing each other can't, in the preliminary final? Cannot lose. Can't lose. You can't lose. It's exciting. It's the most remarkable scenario you could possibly yeah, you, you're imagine you're from a sporting Devils. standpoint. I'm Hawks v, v Devils in a grand final Devils or a preliminary final. Devils Devils Come on, indeed. get like me there. That. Also, another text, Jeevesy. The shepherds have taken their clappers. There you go. Stick that one up your jumper. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Seriously. Keep going, Bailey. So really, Seriously. really, really exciting news on the AFL front. The decision is not very far away at all. For all those who feel like Tasmania was yet again being led up the garden path, there is some very much. Uh, there are some things going on. It's looking very, very close, very concrete. Uh, Nick Street hasn't popped the champagne bottle yet, but it's it's getting very close. Oh, Let's exciting. move along to Hockey One. So Hockey One's returned for the first time in three years. We found out during the week that after leading Australia to glory at the Commonwealth Games, Eddie Ockenden will, will serve as a playing assistant for the Tassie Tigers in the Hockey One competition. He won't captain the side, though, which is a pretty interesting talking point. He'll be playing uh, that assistant sort of coaching role. The Tigers program will be led by Matty Murphy. They uh, they open the, the men's opened their account with a 4-1 loss to the Brisbane Blaze in the men's last night, but the women's had a stellar win. They were locked at 2-all, but the Tigers were able to pip the Blaze 3-1 in the shootout. It looked like an amazing atmosphere 
um, that last night at, at the hockey centre. There were food trucks, massive crowds. It was a sold-out grandstand, in fact. So so amazing to see Hockey One back Hockey's and thriving. really thriving, isn't it? It's amazing. Mm. It's huge. Yeah. So lots of really positive events. I want to get have, along to a game. Mm, we're going to have international hockey in Tasmania. We're going to have World Cup cricket in Tasmania. Uh, yesterday, we've heard that the stadium, the new uh, sports, arts and entertainment precinct that could take place at Macquarie Point could also lead to some new negotiation between the state government and Cricket Australia for for more international cricketing fixtures to be played there. So lots so of really should. exciting, yeah, yeah, lots of really exciting um, international sport uh, for Tasmania. And we might even get bloody Ed Sheeran here. We might. I'm not, I'm not sure about the, the Cricket Australia more international cricket thing, regardless of our stadium. You don't think? Why do you think that is? The challenge is, and what always sticks in my mind, is that we... <laughs> this is quite funny. So <laughs> Australia played South Africa uh, day one, Bell Reeve. I can't remember yeah, what year it was. Yeah, it was a while yeah. ago. Ricky Ponting had retired. And so day one at lunch, they put Ricky Ponting on the back of a ute and gave him a lap of honour as a send-off yeah. in front of 450 school kids. Oh, the yeah. end. And so the, the problem is that there, there is a real lack of support for midweek international fixturing. And if you've got a test match, um, I think, it's, I think it's, it becomes quite tough. Maybe there, there, yeah, there was a little bit of an, an improvement, um, obviously, for the Ashes yeah, um, I test. Yeah, I went and that was great. What I believe, though, Ashes is a no-brainer, though. Yeah. Like that, we, that's never happened here. So, you, of, of course, the, you know, people are going to go and then everyone got COVID as well. Was but the, cricket's so much better to watch on Tasmanian wickets at a test level than it is to go and watch another game in Brisbane, Melbourne or Sydney. It's, mm. it's a deck that does a lot. It's typically really green with a lot of grass left on top. The ball's seeming around, the ball's spinning. They had a, they've had night games down here. I, I think from a viewing standpoint, Surely the the viewership numbers would be far greater in Tasmania than it would playing on another yeah, old Melbourne wicket. But it's all about revenue for Cricket Australia, and they they make no money out of hosting anything in Tassie, unfortunately. So uh, that 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 is the reality of it. Well, pessimists I mean, aside, hopefully a new stadium <laughs> does give us some more international fixtures. Tasmania, you got to be you got to be a realist, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> You've just got to look at things. The Ashes was so much fun. It was amazing. Yeah, year. but it'll never happen again. I was in the, on the hill with the cup snake. Did you have clappers? No, I didn't. we didn't have clappers then. That was before the clappers came along. Um, Warney was there. Oh, it was just scenes. That was amazing. It was just amazing. It was great. Anyway. Yes. Bloody love it. That's, so much. That is your... It's just good vibes. Summer of cricket. Tassie. We're getting a team. It's just good vibes. Just quickly, did you guys watch the Opals-China game? No, no, I didn't, but I've been reading. Jeez, I was you missed ca- out. That was yeah. remarkable. What a what a Amazing. game of basketball. Yeah. Yep. Australia, uh, they got to eight points down, fought their way back into it. Uh, a costly turnover with 40 seconds to go. There was a steal and a, uh, a fast break too. Um, and then the, a foul to China. Free throws were made and were made. Australia ran yep. an unbelievable play. Sandy Brondello uh, set up a, a great play um, that allowed Izzy Magdador, Mag, Magda. I'll leave that one alone. Um, Why are you looking at me? And she, and it was a, it was a perfectly executed play. She got, she ran to the basket. Pretty good uh, defense. She, she kind of uh, got the smaller defender. Couldn't make the, couldn't make the bucket. But um, yeah, they, they fought really hard, um, which was, and but they'll play Canada tonight for the bronze medal. Okay, I better tune in tonight. Make sure I'm, make sure I'm watching. Go yeah. Aussies. That no, was terrific. Go We'd love Aussies. to see it. All right, quick break now. We'll be back after this with an interview with Raquel Clark. She's a former jockey, of course, um, doing it for Taz Racing. Uh, foster or adopt a greyhound today. GapTaz.org.au. We'll be back after this.
Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. We're back Saturdays in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you. Really excited. It's been a good show so far. We've got lots coming up. Has it though? Um, what? Well, I just, I don't know. What you, do you mean? I feel like yourself and Bailey gang up on me a little bit. Oh, come on now. I do. I really do. Oh. I would like, you just don't support any of my views. And <laughs> I do support you. It views. upsets me. It upsets me. I just want someone to support me. And then we've got uh, David constantly <laughs> texting in, just and he's against me. I, I feel like this is just a... The only thing I'm against you for is the clappers, okay? <laughs> That's literally all that I'm against you with, okay? Okay. Otherwise, I'm on your team. Okay. I promise. So next week, we can bully Bailey yes. together. Next week, we can make fun of Bailey. <laughs> yes. oh, we did. I did make well, fun yeah, of true, Bailey you with did. you. You did. Come yeah. on now. You did. You did. Um, but yeah, I love I love these texts in from David. He's just, he's great. Oh, look, and ba- Bales is a gun. But the, the challenge in, in, in this relationship, Bailey and I, is that <laughs> he loves cricket so much. Yeah. He just loves it. He was that excited uh, about the return of Premier Cricket and all the ins and outs. And, and I... You know, anyone that knows me knows that I'm a disgruntled. <laughs> My relationship with cricket isn't uh, isn't great. So um, his love and 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 my he just loves general it, he? bitterness towards the world kind of we're we're not a great combo, are we? I think you're hard <laughs> on yourself, Jeevesy. All right, hopefully um we've been having a little bit of trouble with our phone line, but hopefully we've got uh, Raquel Clark. We're chatting with her, of course, for Taz Racing. She's a former jockey. Have we got Raquel? Yeah, okay. We don't have um, Raquel straight away, but we are going to have her later. Um, heaps coming up on the show, though. We've got uh, – we're chatting later on um, with Jack Jumpers, Christine Finnegan. Uh, she's the commercial and uh, customer officer at the Jack Jumpers. Really, we've, we've got questions for Christine as well. <laughs> You've got questions for Christine about <laughs> yeah. the clappers. I don't know if she knows it, but, yeah, she's walking into a <laughs> – she's walking into a war. Oh, my God. No, she's not. And then, of course, we're going to chat with Craig Scholl. Uh, he, obviously, North absolute legend. He was at um, my dad's wedding just over the weekend because ah, they went to school together wow, in Horsham. Okay. You've, got a, you've got a great network, haven't you? I do. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty lucky. Um, so we'll have a bit of a chat to him too. Really excited. Hopefully, he has like, you know. Wait, is Craig involved at North Melbourne? He's had roles. Yeah, uh, not so much anymore. He's yeah. more just he. Oh, but he, I think he still has great relationships with many people from yeah. um, from North, and you know, always has his finger on the pulse of what's happening. Of course, yeah. At the North Melbourne Football Club, of course, being a, an absolute legend. And then, how excited are you to chat to Chris Anstey? Yeah, well, that's huge. When you text me um, yesterday about it, I got very excited. So I knew you would be. Played with the Mavs, which is it's exciting, cool. and I can yeah. remember way back in the day that. Um, I had this, uh, maybe it was a Sega game, it was a, it was a basketball game, and uh, I created the Australian Olympics team and, um, and just dominated the NBA with this, <laughs> with this made-up team. They all had these huge ratings, and, um, and Chris Anstey was a, was a key in that. So, yeah, it's a big part of my childhood, Chris yeah. Anstey, and, which will make him sad. That'll make him feel old, but um, yeah. that's, uh, no, he's an absolute star. Yeah, really excited for that. Let's go to a short break now, and we'll be back after this. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. Welcome back to Saturdays in Tassie. Sorry, we're having a few tech issues. Hopefully we are on now. We're really excited to welcome to the show Raquel Clark. She's a former jockey um, and super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us, Raquel. 
Good morning. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Now, you are a former jockey. Unfortunately, um, Raquel, we, your career was cut short due to a race fall. Um, but before that, you had the absolute world at your feet. You've, your last ride was in 2019. You had 350 winners. Um, very impressive career. It must have been really tough for you that time. Um, if you don't mind, could you talk us through that and, and even how you came um, to be in the industry in the first place? Yeah, look, um, you're right. I had a beautiful career. It was um, it was a very short one, but it was amazing. Um, I got so much support from here in Tasmania and then when I made my move to South Australia. Um, it was honestly a dream run for me, really, um, until my fall, of course. But um, I was blessed. I feel like I was blessed my whole career. So, unfortunately, it was um, did come to an end. And yet, it's nearly three years. I can't believe it's nearly three years. But... Um, yeah, I actually picked up my retired participant car, Jen, for all the races and everything the other day. And that was a bit of a shock getting that. I mean, I'm only just turned 29 and, um, and I'm retired already. So it just doesn't sound right. But um, I've started to come to terms with it now. But um, the brain injury that I received from my race fall was honestly the, the biggest and hardest thing I've ever dealt with in my life. So um, I'm definitely yeah. a stronger and, and different person now. But um, yeah, but life's moving forward and... The sun will come up the next day, so you just got to keep going. I think racing really did teach me that. Raquel, that's a yeah. that's a great great attitude. <clears throat> Unfortunately, so being inspiring. a being a being a jockey, you wouldn't have seen the sun come up. Well, you, well, you would have you would have well, seen the sun come usually. up. Right? You would have started in dark, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've, <laughs> totally. you've you've actually you've actually seen that every day of your life. You know, the the, the, the sun does come up, which is which is terrific. Yeah. All those early starts. <laughs> hey, um, I'm a and I, I make this really clear when we when we talk about racing. I'm an I'm an extreme novice when it comes to the racing industry. But looking at some of your stats, a 15 percent career win rate. How how does that rank with all time? Um, rankings in in terms of win percentage because that 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 seems unbelievably high. Yeah, look, it was, and and I was pretty blessed to have actually a high percent rate um, through my whole career. And I had a lot of people throw some stats at me, punters, all different sorts of people through my career. Like they they're the very you know they're very good with stats and everything, and and they threw some at me, and they were amazing. Like I was, I was just very blessed. Like I said, I mean. I worked hard and everything, but um, but the stats did prove that I had a really nice career, and um, yeah, I was super blessed to get them sort of stats. But um, fifteen percent's good, but I actually hand a trophy to a girl tonight that has a fourteen percent one, so um, she goes really good here in Tassie. Oh. So I'm honoured to present her with a trophy tonight. So well, that's yeah, that, that's awesome. Just a sneaky one, just a yeah, little one, just scraped in and, there, and and she'll she'll know that you've got it over her <laughs> yeah. as well because you'll tell her. I hope. I hope you'll tell her. You've got to keep the young ones in line, Raquel. Um, again, help 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 me as well as as the as the novice. How so? As, as a jockey, and you know this this fifteen percent um, strike rate is is unbelievable. How how much of that? And it's a chance to be humble brag here. How much of that comes down to to the jockey versus the trainer versus you know how gifted the horse is? Is it the perfect combination of of everything, or is it? Is it the jockey leading the way? 
Yeah, look, I think it's a perfect combination. Um, I mean, Jamie is a perfect one to look at these days. Jamie Carr, she's a massive name all over Australia for her racing, but she's, you know, she's in nearly every race. She's on either the second or the or the favourite of the race, you know, and she's riding for magnificent trainers like Kieran Maher and David Eustace and Mick Price, and, and they are in the top three all the time. So you've got to say that it definitely comes down to a combination. You know, you can't just say it's us out there weaving our magic. Um, but yeah, and and you know, like the odds of those hundred one pops getting up and stuff are very rare. So I think it's a a big combination. But not to mention, like we've got a lot of people behind us supporting us as well. We've got our managers, and they have to be on song. And um, you've got you know even even the thing that keeps you sane through the week to get you to that competition. Um, you know, it, it is a massive big team effort, and jockeys definitely can't take all the credit. Yeah, absolutely. I just love your outlook, Raquel. Like, you've just so positive with everything that you've um, obviously endured during your career. And I just really, really admire that. And even just the fact that you're um, so forthcoming about your support of, of someone even taking over your career strike rate. Like, that's really incredible. And I really, really admire that um, about you. And I'm keen to understand your brother, Dylan, is involved with Thoroughbreds down here um, in Tassie as a trainer and you've had some involvement there as well um tell us a little bit about that and i guess um yeah what what your hope is for the future in staying involved in the industry and and where you know where does your story lead to next yeah look um dylan was a massive part like he's my brother as you said but he was a massive (laughs) part of the reason as to why i'm into racing you know he was actually the first person i think that told me i wouldn't be able to be a jockey and i think proving him wrong was what got me (laughs) (laughs) where i where i ended up yeah it's a massive brother thing you know but but he ended up being one of my biggest supporters as well and i think he's one of the most proud people out there for me as well so you know, um, he's he's such an amazing horseman, and I dealt with. I, I had a great um, a great relationship with a horse named Dallasan, and and he was a colt. But my brother taught me to deal with colts. You know, he was a breaker before he was a trainer, and and I just looked at looked and learnt so much from him. And it really did. Even like when I was race riding in Melbourne and stuff, I'd get on some horses, and it would still pop back to me what he taught me, especially about the colts. <laughs> he's a very good colt breaker, so. Um, yeah, look, he's, he does an amazing job with his small team he's got. Um, he's sort of, he's one of those trainers at the moment that gets everyone's, I hate to say it, but everyone's second string or third stringers and they're usually naughty horses. Um, and he does a really good job with them. He, he gets them through a racing career, unlike some trainers just can't, don't have the patience and don't have the track work riders to handle them. But my brother seems to be able to get them in and they, he usually wins a race with them. So, um, he's very good at what he does and, to be honest, my other brother Liam, he um, he broke a racehorse in for me that I bought here at the Yearling Sales at the start of this year, and um, and that horse is actually currently in Melbourne, um, getting pre-trained by um, Sean Nolan. So I'm definitely going to stay in the racing, but I'll be an owner and I will stay on the other side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is which is perfect. Uh... I think the perfect way to stay involved, you get to go to the meets, you get to dress up, yep. enjoy the lunches. That's what that's what racing's all it's, about. It's not a bad little gig there. Just um, a, a last question from me, Raquel. You you would have entered the racing industry quite young, I'd imagine, as a as as a young aspiring jockey. Um, t- tell us about how 
um, maybe some of the, the the attitudes towards females in the in, in the industry and and female jockeys in particular. Uh, how how that's evolved, and you know, as far as uh, the amount of female jockeys when you first came in compared to the current day, has it been a huge shift? Has it stayed pretty steady? How has how has that transformed um, in the in the industry? Yeah, look, it's it's a bit of a hard one because I actually didn't come into it all that young. I wasn't twenty one. I was twenty one. I think I think I just just turned twenty two just after I rode my first race. So. Um, I didn't actually come into it all that young and, and my family background isn't in it. My mum and dad have nothing to do with horses or racing for that matter. So, um, I, yeah, I just followed my brother's footsteps into everything really. So my background of racing wasn't very strong. Like, you know, you talk to some people, um, Katie Mallion is so inspiring and she, I just listened to her reel off people who won the cup in, you know, 2002 and, and all that sort of stuff. I wasn't that person. I didn't have the background of racing. So I looked at racing as it was when I entered it. But I do understand that there was, a massive crisis with the women. You know, they didn't get licences until until later on than the men and all that sort of stuff. Like, I do understand that was big, but for me it wasn't. You know, that everyone and the, the ladies, especially like Deb Buckingham here in Tasmania, they paved the way for people like me and during my time. So um, I'm very grateful for that and I do realise there was a big struggle, but for me, there wasn't. And, you know, I never got looked at like a girl jockey or a female. It just wasn't a thing with me and um, I I don't even think I, I ever got taken off a horse because someone said we want a guy to ride it. Like I don't, I don't think that was a thing for me at all. So mm. keep in mind my memory's not that great. But um, but yeah, it just wasn't a thing for me. I think, like I said, I was blessed that the Trailblazers before me. I think they'd done the real hard yards, and and there are a lot of girls riding at the moment but I also think that might be a bit due to the guy like you know the world is getting bigger the the size of a, of a guy now is to me a lot bigger than it used to be so therefore I think maybe that has a lot of impact with the girls we are a lot smaller and can deal with the weight extremes that we go through and stuff so and to be fair girls love horses so they start at pony club and continue on to racing so um yeah but no it was never a big thing to me so I was lucky Raquel, I think that's that's really amazing and thanks for sharing your story with us. You're so eloquently spoken and so positive. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and I'm going to be at the at the Thoroughbred Awards evening um, this, this evening as well um, and obviously I know that you're co-hosting, which is really exciting. Oh, is that um, right? You're making a... Yes. No, a, I'm just enjoy. going to enjoy yeah. it. Ah, yeah. oh, so you're not the host. I'm not doing it. No, um, Raquel's doing all the hard work. So ah, I'm just going to sit back and relax and enjoy hearing more about your story, hopefully, Raquel, because it's been, yeah, an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. So thank you so much <laughs> for joining you, us. Good on you, Raquel. Beautiful. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy your day. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Raquel. We'll be back after a short break. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. That's right. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you for Saturdays in Tassie. What a gem she was. Yeah, that was excellent to to chat with Raquel. I mean, so sad, but I think it's great when when you speak to people who can reflect on how lucky they were to have such a great run. Totally. uh, That... That was Raquel, yeah. I, I thought you summed it up well. She, she spoke so eloquently. Doesn't such a she? Such a positive Jeez, we might have to bloody get her on SCN track. I think so, yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. Yep. What an absolute superstar. If I end up punching Bailey, 
she can be my replacement. Oh I think she's she's on, she's on top of the podium. Oh my goodness! Okay. I'm not punching about it. Well, obviously we're so excited. Jack jumpers, um, of course we've got to do the Jack jumpers update for Taz Racing. It's no secret greyhounds make great great pets. Foster or adopt a retired greyhound. Gaptaz.org.au. The first home game is this Monday night at My State Bank Arena against Cairns. However, the season officially starts tonight against South East Melbourne Phoenix. So excited! So so excited! I really hope they get the win tonight. Um, it wasn't too long ago that we spoke with Isaac White um, on the show when he landed in Tassie, and he's now secured a spot in the fourth and final development player spot, which is really exciting. Um, and then obviously not too long ago as well, Jack McVeigh won the Ray Borner Trophy as the most valuable player at the Hungry Jacks NBL Blitz. Had an amazing season. Um, so it's all, you know, super positive with our Jack Jumpers players yeah. heading into the season. Yep. Um, so it's just going to be, I mean, do we? Are we going back to back? Are we making finals Oof. again? Twenty two, twenty three. I made I made the big mistake of uh, asking Scott Roth that yesterday, uh, <laughs> yesterday morning. That can can you repeat the success of last year? And, oh. and he look, he gave a great answer in that. Um, and I look, I, I made the mistake of calling it a fairy tale. And look, it was a fairy tale. First year oh, uh, you team, read about it. The success, Amazing. just phenomenal. And yeah. he he broke it down really well. He's like, there's no fairy tale when you finish the season fifteen and five. Yeah. Um, we we deserve to be there. Our you know our our, our run yeah, our run sure. at the back end of the year was reward for all the work we put in. We had yep. a great team, great system, great defensive structures, mm. and so you know he kind of scoffed a little bit at the at the term fairy tale, <laughs> which which was completely fair. Um, I I really think that they set up um, better than last year. Uh, the additions of Doyle and Kelly, two def- defensive. Um, or players capable of defending. Kelly, in particular, can mm. defend all positions. Um, Doyle's that that secondary creator that maybe Adams wasn't so much. Adams, great shooter, mm. um, great great shot maker, but you probably couldn't rely in, on him to be the uh, the secondary ball handler mm. and actually run the the, the point guard and mm. and uh, and initiate the offense. So Doyle will bring uh, a lot of that. And then they're going to be quite deep through the internal development. Sam McDaniel had a, uh, a stellar run. Jared Bairstow with the, with the Chargers. Uh, players improved who went and played for the Northwest Thunder. Mm. Jack McVeigh looks like he's going to go to a, a potentially yeah. another uh, another level again. He's averaged 19 points on near 60% shooting, which is uh, unbelievable for for an outside shooter. You know, he's not... He's not in the dunker spot. He's he's not you know getting to the rim constantly. Mm. Um, so for him to be shooting at, at that level so early in the season is really really positive. And they're going to need McVeigh, Majette, and the two imports to stand up early yep. while they wait for Magnay to come back. McDaniel Steindl. Totally. Um, so they're probably late November until they're they're full strength. Mm. Um, and you really feel like Will Magnay needs to come back and go full beast mode as yeah. a, as a big yep. uh, for them to be a true uh, premiership fancy. Yeah, championship fancy, not premiership. I, I potted you guys the other day for using footy lingo. Gotcha. At least you corrected yourself. <laughs> I, I just went quickly. with it. <laughs> nah, so excited to get to the Jack Jumpers. Obviously, SEN will be there calling all the action, all the home games. Um, it's going to be a great season. Can't wait to get back there. Um, text us in if you're heading along to the game tonight or even on Monday. Oh four three seven double five two five three five. Quick break now for news. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. 
That's right. It's Saturdays in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you this morning. What a great show we've had so far, and it's about to get even better. Uh, we've got Chief Commercial and Customer Officer Christine Finnegan on the line with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, guys. How are you going? Good. We're good, Christine. We're so pumped to have you on the show. I mean, we just had a coffee a few days ago, but I'm, uh, I've missed you. I'm excited um, to chat with you on air the first time. Now, Obviously, Jackie's tonight in Melbourne um, and obviously then the first game on Monday. How excited are you that the season is, is you know, right on our doorstep, kicking off tonight? It feels like uh, kind of just yesterday we were down at my state <laughs> bank. So. Yeah, look, it, it's, um, it's amazing that it's just rolled around again so quickly. It, it's literally four, four months, uh, just a couple of days over four months since we last played. So... It's been an enormously quick turnaround for us to get the next season up and running, but um, couldn't be more excited. Uh, the boys left for Melbourne yesterday and Scott Roth is feeling really, really confident about what lies ahead for the team. Yep. Christina, Brett here. I'm a member and I'll, I want to say thank you because um, I think from a membership standpoint, we we rejoined straight away and, and the cost was pretty much the same as last year for our family membership. So... Uh, there could have been a real opportunity for, for you guys to cash in and, and hike those prices up. And, and, and look, we, we would have paid it for sure. Everyone would have paid it. So credit credit to yourself and the organisation for uh, looking after your existing members. I, I, I just thought that that was fantastic. Oh, look, thanks a lot, Brett. And we, um, we, did, we did have a slight increase, but we did try to make that as minimal as possible. And really all we did was pass on... Um, the cost of, of everything that we incur at the arena and all the other costs that have gone up um, that we're all experiencing in life at the moment. But, you know, yeah. uh, we're really, really, really um, grateful to the people of Tasmania that joined us in our first year and uh, we really wanted to reward them in our second year. Um, we obviously enjoyed uh, unprecedented success in our, in our first season and it meant that um, the demand was always going to outweigh supply. So it was, it was really about looking after those that joined us in the first year first and then really trying to build on that. And as you know, um, our membership program sold out in about 26 minutes. So, um, you really, know, it's remarkable. It's, uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. And look, you know, we've, we've got a reasonably small arena. So, um, you know, we have to think about ways that we can engage the people of Tasmania outside of the arena. And um, I was telling Holly the other day, we've launched our green screen project Um and where, where you can go to a cinema in either Bernie or Lonnie and um, and go and watch the game with like-minded people, scream and cheer and, and get the game day experience on the big screen. Yeah, and I just love that, um, Christine. Everything you just said really drives home um, the fact that the team behind the scenes at the Jack Jumpers and, you know, the Jack Jumpers family really have embraced um, the Tasmanian community in not, for example, not hiking up memberships an extraordinary amount with the cost of living these days, putting up the green screens around the state for those that weren't able to get a hold of a ticket or a membership just given, I guess, you know, we've, there's only so many seats and, and everyone wanted them. So um, I just, yeah, I just have to say I really do love that, the family aspect that the Jack Jumpers um, has really created here in Tassie. And, and Brett and I talk a lot on the show about the the AFL bid and the twos and fros and the talks about money, but it just is evident that the Jack Jumpers really care about getting behind the community and such the community um, get behind the Jack Jumpers in return. So I just think it's it's such a um, it's so great what what you all have created in the first year and, and something so magic and has really brought Tassie alive and that there seems to be just a real buzz about the place that I think wasn't there. Um, 
before you and the team arrived and, and made it so. So, um, yeah, I think you've done just such an incredible job. Oh, look, thanks thanks so much, Holly. And we, we talk a lot about the one percenters um, in the office. It's, it's not really what we can do, it's what else we can do. And, um, you know, we are the team for all of Tasmania, so we do spend an enormous amount of time on the road making sure that we get up to the northwest and the north um, and, you know, out west, just to make sure we were in Flinders Island in the break too. So we're just really making sure that the whole of Tasmania feel like they belong to the Jack Dumpers family. Um, our customer is the most important person on the premises, so we make sure we look after them. We can't do what we do if we haven't got people coming along and cheering us, if we haven't got the amazing corporate partners getting behind us. Um, you know, so it's just, it's been a wonderfully successful off season um, in terms of being able to galvanise on that success. Um, and now really it's all about the team and them running out and making the state proud um, once again. Christine, talk, talk us through the pop-up big screens. Where where can people find them? Where, where are so they located Burnie, in the... There's one in, the... in Burnie? Yeah, there's one in Burnie. There is there, one in Burnie. Metro Cinemas in Burnie will be screening and it's all free um, on Monday That's night. Amazing. So Metro yeah, screening terrific. in cool Burnie. Um, yeah. The University of Tasmania have been amazing. My state bank have actually got behind the whole initiative and are staffing it across the state. Um, but also the university have, and there's a screening in Newnham in Launceston um, on Monday night, in, and both of those theatres hold around 250 people. Um, and Hobart, unfortunately, um, there was a little bit of a incident, and we couldn't quite get the theatre up and running for Monday night, but that'll definitely be up and running the following Monday night. So definitely Bernie and Launceston um, will be up and running on Monday night, and we... Uh, we pushed it out yesterday and there's been a real lot of interest. So we, we'd encourage people to jump on the website and have a look at the information mm. and, and just register that you're coming along. And Christine, I've got to ask, we've been talking about this for a couple oh, of months. That... We've been very positive about yeah, in this interview so far, but Jeevesy has uh, Jeevesy's coming. got an issue to race. I have to preface this with I am a grumpy old man. Okay, so let's right, let's put okay. a little let's put a little asterisk in front of this. I've dealt with one or two of them in my life. So <laughs> Uh, the the initiative of the clappers and now as a grumpy old man as a grumpy old man the clappers uh, they give me a headache they they set off my anxiety um, <laughs> how do we how is there is there a way I can minimise that how can you help me to, to um, negate that we could Christine, probably I love the clappers festival some, I could talk to a partner about bringing out some earmuffs but um, I'm, I, I would I'm like that the tyre power clappers are back for another three years and oh, uh, no. we, uh, yeah they're back bigger and better than ever and guess what even if you want to go to the green screen to escape them they'll be there too. more so, clappers um, oh jeez more clappers <laughs> We clappers across the state. Don't worry about that. But well, they were, for... um, outside from yourself, they were really, really popular. I know they um, were. We actually, I know they were. We ran out of them. Um, well, so, look, I mean, so my... I will, I will... Sorry, yeah, I, was, yeah, I, was, I was just going to say, my kids love them. They think it's great. They clap them on the way home. <laughs> they clap them to the game. Yeah. They clap them in their sleep. It's... um. It is, it is great. Yeah. Like I said, Asterix, I'm a grumpy old man. But if you do have some, some Jack Jumpers earmuffs floating around, I would love a set, please, if you can create those. I'm, you I'm can taking your feedback those. on board, and I'm presuming that Putting there's it in the bin, you out there. But that's fine. So I might, um, I, might, uh, I might see what we can do. But, um, you know, we, all, we always say um, it's a family game. It's all about the excitement, the entertainment, and about getting the audience participation, you know, going. So um, they're not going anywhere. You've handled that well, so, Christine. Um, Thank you. Might need to be able to adjust it to it. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. I appreciate that. What are, what, are, what are some of the other fan initiatives that that 
that you are looking to create or oh. implement? Look, we've got so many great things happening. If you're a My State Bank member um, if you and a Jack Jumpers member, uh, the My State Bank are running a lounge where they're going to surprise and delight a number of members to come and have a pre-game drink and some food. Wow, we've got cool. lots of different activations. Um, the Tasgas Jump Squad are back bigger and better than ever. We've got a couple of young men that have joined this year and they'll be um, giving away lots of exciting Giveaways, courtesy of Tasgas, we've got the Spirit of Tasmania, we've got their Splash at Half Time, but we've also got another initiative that they're bringing in, and Jimmy and Nate are back, um, and we've got a new segment coming in, Where's Jimmy, um, which will be a lot of fun. So it's going to be very interactive, um, we've freshened up a lot of it, um, so, you know, I think what you experienced last year is going to be the next level it's this year. Be even better. Just on that, um, on the Taz Gas Jump Squad, if you could just find out if there's one spot left. Jeevesy, um, <laughs> uh, he doesn't love the clappers, but he he uh, he would like to get in a pair of Taz Gas tights oh, and get up and dance. Yes, yes that's not a problem. We can absolutely arrange that. He, um, he was really upset that he didn't get the call up, so we just, we just he really wants to get a look in. I didn't um, see your name on the the audition list, but there's we can, um, absolutely. <laughs> he you told can come me off Chris, the bench because Christine, there's a reason you didn't see my Holly. I'm no. seriously, you're in my bad books. He told me that he didn't feel like he had to audition. <laughs> oh, he was above it all. Yes, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. Jeeves, he thought that he was going to receive a call from, from Taz Gas and request. Um, but he didn't and he was really upset. So we just had to raise that with you. But look, Christine, we're... I'm, no, that's okay. I'll take that on notice too. <laughs> See what we I can are, do. We are so excited um, to get back and support the Jack Jumpers again. And I'm, I'm excited. Oh, it's we, unreal. It's an ongoing argument at the Clappers. We have... Um, we we get lots of texts in on the text line saying everyone loves the clappers. I'm all for it. Jeez. All right, I'm on board. You've sold me. Christine, You're on look, board. Christine, yeah. I'm going to come I, and seek you out and give you a couple of pits. I have yeah. no choice but to be on board, do I? I have to, I have to run with the masses. Yeah, so you have to. Th- thank you for your honesty on that. And, and look, the, the initiative to run the big screens around the state, I think, it's is just, just such a tremendous it's, idea. it's brilliant. And particularly through the through the north and northwest, you know, there, there is that talk um, uh, across the footy landscape and even the cricket cricket landscape. The, the connection to the to the north and northwest has always been problematic in those mm. in those spaces. So I think for you to uh, to actually provide an initiative that has them connected is is superb. So a uh, credit to you. you know, oh, thank you very much, and we really hope it's a success. We hope people get behind it and um, and come along. And um, you can also, if you can't get there, you can also listen to it, of course, on SEN, which is great. We're really pleased to partner with Thanks you guys. Thanks for the cheeky plug. Wow, this is the best interview yeah, ever. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Christine, why not? we need you on more um, often. Yep. <laughs> Regular segment. Oh, we look after our partners. Don't worry about that. So, um, <laughs> no, really pleased you guys have come on board again. So that's fantastic. Certainly, of course. We uh, we wouldn't miss it. Christine, thank you so much for joining the show, for giving us all the the insight into the what happens behind the scenes at the Jack Jumpers. We'll all be there. All our listeners are very, very excited um, and just couldn't sing your praises high enough of, of all the hard work that's gone into this. So congratulations and thank you that's so wonderful. much for joining the show. Thanks heaps, guys. And go the Jackies and we'll see you on Monday night. Go the, the Jackies. Jackies. See you, Christine. We'll be back after a short break. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. 
That's right. Saturdays in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you this morning, joined by an absolute legend of the North Melbourne Football Club, close family friend as well, Sholly. Thank you for joining the joining the show. You got the late call up yesterday, so I appreciate you jumping on for me. How are you? Good, Holly. How are you? And Brett, how are you? I haven't met you yet, hey, but hey, you're all good. How are you, mate? Shall Very we... good. How's things over there in Tassie? Oh. Well, it's it's going beautifully. And and look, th- thanks for coming on. Holly's hard to say no to, isn't she? She would have um, <laughs> she would have used all her charm. So th- thanks for thanks for joining us this morning, mate. No, no worries at all. How cool is this, Sholly? You're going to hate this because I am going to sing your praises. As you know, I'm a uh, a North fan and, you know, we obviously love you from North but love you as a family friend as well. Former number 24, a key player for North, especially in the 1990s. Let's not forget the premiership in 1999. Quite the resume with 235 games, 165 goals, two premierships, a Sid Barker medal. It goes on and on. Um, you were, you know, absolutely on the honours list of North Melbourne. Um, as someone that uh, was so successful for North and still has great relationships with, you know, key members of the club now, how do you feel? I mean, sometimes as a North fan, I think as of late, obviously it can be disheartening. The past couple of years have been challenging, of course. But where do you see um, North going in the next couple of years and, and where can you find positivity, I guess, um, in what's happening at the club. I guess, what what do you think, in your um, opinion, needs to happen for us to, you know, get back up there and, and get a bit of a glimmer of light for the for the North Melbourne supporters? Yeah, look, it's a, it's, it has been a sad couple of years for the footy club, Holly, but it's funny now that, you know, it seems to be now that we uh, we really focus on the on the clubs that are on the bottom, I think. You know, and it's everyone uh, got, has got to take turns. Where one thing North has never done is had its turn down the bottom, really. We've never really been to the yeah. bottom, so... Look, that's what I think probably hurts us or hurts us uh, more than anything. Mm. But certainly, look, you know, the, the one thing now, I mean, the, I know there's a bit of trouble going on with Clarko and the stuff, but look, I think one thing we've now created a club that, you know, some kids want to stay at. You know, for Zerha and these kids now to say, OK, we want to stay. And, you know, that just hasn't been happening the last few years. So I think that's a real positive. Um, look, you know, look, what we've got to do is just get a stable coach going and, and things can turn pretty quick these days in footy. It's amazing how the, you know, the kids get a few games under their belt, which a few of them have now, and, uh, you know, they turn into superstars. So, look, it can turn yeah. around very as quick as it can go the other way. But yeah. certainly we've got some characters there. I think you need characters in a footy club, and uh, we've got some good characters and some good kids. <clears throat> yeah. Charlie, um, you, you joined the club in 1987, is that right? Yes, yes. I don't. I don't want to make you feel old. I am sorry. That uh, wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't a whack by any stretch. That's only a couple um, of years ago, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it's not that long ago. But so, so from 80, 87 and ninety six, there's obviously a stint there where um, uh, not you know it, it was a it was a it was a slow start, I guess. So very similar to now. How did how did the club refine itself? You know, through th- from throughout that period. Um, to then, you know, sort of 96, 99, really successful period. Is, is there any similarities between now and your early days at the club? Look, there certainly is, Brett, because what, you know, I mean, I remember those days and we'd come in after getting flogged on a Friday night, North played all Friday night games and everything. Mm. And you'd go, you know, we used to have to go back to the um, the club rooms then, and North club rooms and all the members in there. And, you know, we'd walk in and the club, the members are throwing tickets at you. And just, you know, <laughs> they're, they're very passionate North people, yeah. which I think every club's the same, but... It's funny how look, you know, we and we had a, a, a club legend in Shimmer coaching us that just yeah. didn't we didn't gel and it didn't work, you know. And then all of a sudden, just one new lease of life 
we didn't change too many players, but Pago came in and just instilled, you know, a bit of belief back in the club. And, you know, look, Shimmer, Shimmer was a, a superstar of our club. And just, I don't know, we just didn't click or something went wrong. And it can turn that quick that, you know, it just, I remember the day Pago walked back in and half of us, well, we were still, you know, kids then, you know, 20 um, all just moved from the bush down to Melbourne and hadn't played a lot of senior games, thinking, oh, no, this is going to be tough, because he was a tough man, Dennis. He was a very tough man, yeah. but he just knew how to get the best out of players. And and what, this is one thing with Al Clarkson, you know, if, if this all goes well, well, one thing about Clarko, he, uh, he'll stick by his players and, he, and he'll get the best out of the kids, and that's what we need, you know, now. But back in our day, mate, she was certainly tough when you're... At, well, we weren't really at the bottom, but whenever you got beaten, it was the same thing, so... And the turnaround was just, look, it seemed to happen overnight. It was amazing just how, you know, kids believed in themselves. And amongst those kids were certainly a, a bloke by the name of Wayne Carey. And then you had you know, <laughs> Anthony Stevens, Wayne Swass, yeah. you know, it just went on and on and on. So all of a sudden we went from a, a club of, of kids that just, you know, were probably more interested in having a good time on a Friday night as we all did back in those days. But, <laughs> yep. um, you know, we, we, we then became a footy club and a, and a very close-knit bunch of fellows that stuck together and, and, you know, learned how to win a game of footy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so, um, like, it, it is a reminder of what you just said. You know, every club does spend their time down at the bottom and it's a timely reminder that it can turn so quickly. Do you think that... Yeah. Um, the doom and gl- I mean, the, I guess the doom and gloom that um, around North, a lot of that is, I think it's probably changed now and correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess the media now is probably a lot more prominent than maybe it was when you were playing. And in, instead of, I guess, um, you know, focusing on the fact that, you know, history proves that it has turned around really quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, do you Holly, feel well, like yeah, the media's play a little bit of a part in that? Yeah. Well, it does. I mean, you know, when we were, when we were playing, we refused to talk to the the media where now they you know they the players <laughs> they promote the themselves through the media <laughs> <laughs> it's probably been about you know seven years Holly, since i've spoken on the radio so that's good but it's, <laughs> look, it certainly it certainly has changed where now these kids you know and they're good at what they're they're educated now in talking to the media and you know and they've got to promote the club you know the clubs need as much help as they can and if you've got a superstar there that can also now you know, talk and do everything on the media. Well, gee, it, it promotes the club. And it's look, it's such a business now. It is such a business that I think, you know, that's the difference now with it. These kids are taught how to do all this stuff and, you know, and, mm. and they're very good at it. Gee, we, if we, when we were talking to the media, if we went on the, I think it was, there was one show on Channel 9 and one show on Channel 7, well, you, you'd be coughing and spitting and didn't know what you were saying. And at the end, you thought, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, nah, you know, they're, they're good at it. And, you know, Shall the media you... now is a huge part of it. If you were fronting the media with my dad and the rest of the Horsham boys, I reckon you could have still been half pissed on the media the next day. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, we, we, we won't go there, Holly. It's, uh, yeah, I was going to say, some, the, yeah. the beauty oh, yeah. of the late 80s, Sholly, is that there's no record of it. So yeah. you know, no, no, no Instagram, no videos, no photos. It just it happened, and we can, we can leave it in the 80s, yep. I think, is the beauty of We certainly, one thing we did, we, we, we'd play on a Friday night, and only we'd train Saturday morning. Um, some of those sessions, the Saturday morning sessions, as long as we were... <laughs> We were there was the key. It didn't matter how you were. And then away we'd go. We'd take off. And I remember doing, you know, yeah. sportsman's night down in, you know, there'd be five of us jumping a plane down to Tassie for the weekend, get back Monday and train Monday night. 
Oh, we'd have an absolute ball. It was just, it was yeah, crazy okay. what we used to get up to. And, and all in good, you know, we're all country boys at world, you know, that, but first time we've been on a plane, a few of us, so it was good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mate, I've, I've got to ask you, you mentioned the shift from, from Shimmer to, to Pegs. What, what was it that Dennis Pagan bought that, that kind of turned it around so quickly? Was it changing game style? Was it just the uh, instilling the, the, uh, the belief, forming the relationships? Was, it, was there anything that you could pinpoint that was really significant? Look, we were, you know, we all knew Dennis because we all come through the thirds with him and, and most of us have played, been very successful under Dennis in the reserves, uh, the under-19s, because, um, you know, most of the, the boys before us, we played in a, a grand final and got beaten by Collingwood and he didn't speak to us for two years because we left after that anyway. <laughs> and then the ones that, the ones that won, you know, he become great mates with. And then when we, got, when we got back to him coming into the club, we thought this is going to be interesting and he... He's look. He's a very smart man, Dennis. He just he knows how to get people. Yeah, you know, just knows how to get the best out of kids. And you know, I mean, some of the kids in our back in our day, these kids that are you know superstars back then, a few of the boys would have been in a little bit of trouble if it wasn't for footy. And you know, that's mm-hmm. one thing that we we do forget a little bit these days that some of these yeah. kids were just all they could do was play footy, and yep. and they turned themselves into pretty good human beings, most of them. <clears throat> yeah, I bet. Shall but Dennis we... was just a superstar. Yeah. And do you still keep you keep in? I know that you keep in touch with a lot of people um, that you yeah. played with, and probably a lot of um, key players even now um, still involved in the club in that way. How important is it to you? I guess that you that you still keep those relationships, and all of you, I'm sure, have obviously fond memories of of playing Look, together. Yeah, Holly, we do. We we really do. Yeah. And it's you know it's funny because we had a reunion there you know, a couple of yeah, probably a month ago. And, you know, out of all the good things in the reunion, you know, our press reported one little incident that was not really an incident, incident to any of us. But that's, look, that's that's life now, and that's what we put up with with our footy club. And we've got to get around, the, you know, that incident. And that was a big thing for all of us blokes. But mm. the um, our footy club is still a very, you know, a very close-knit bunch of blokes. The biggest thing at the moment is half the boys are working still at footy clubs. And when you have a reunion, you know, there's only half the blokes there because... You know, you've got all the blokes now scattered all over the AFL. And look, that'll come to an end soon and we'll, we'll get back together. But it's, um, we're, we're all pretty close. It's just, you know, we all still catch up. And not only, you know, not only just the players, it's, you know, our, our doctors, our club doctors, and, you know, Jeff Walsh and all these blokes. I mean, there's a big group of people coming up to Bright next, you know, you know, in two weeks' time from the footy club. All the trainers are just superstars at our footy club. And that's what created a, you know, a real big thing when you walk into a footy club and you've got people that care about everybody. And that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Sholly, it's mm. been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I didn't even have to, to pester you too much to come on. You out, just, of, out of media uh, retirement for seven uh, years no, as well. Thank you, mate. We appreciate it. How special is that? Uh, thank you very much, you too, and enjoy your day. Yeah, we'll give you a call in a couple of weeks, Sholly. Yeah, no, you're on, you're on next week, actually. Bad luck. Yeah, you're actually you're actually on next week and calling the footy uh, here in Tassie. <laughs> That's right. You'll be fine. No, <laughs> you, mate. Thank you very much. See you. Thank you. Legend, Charlie. Thanks for joining the show. We'll be back after a short break. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. That's right. Saturdays in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you. 
what a great morning it's been so far and getting even better. We've got Chris Anstey on the line, NBL, NBA superstar, boomer, Olympian, the you know, quite the bloody resume. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Holly. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, you've played, um, um, at, first of all, I should say, Brett is very excited. Brett is our Huge basketball... Fan. Real fanboy. Yeah, real <laughs> real fanboy, that's for sure. You've played uh, NBL at Southeast Melbourne Magic. Um, you played NBA, Dallas Mavericks, Chicago Bulls. You're boomers in the Olympics. I mean, what an amazing um, career that, that you had. How did um, basketball start for you? You started as a young man, who inspired you to pick up the basketball, first of all? Were you always a talented basketballer at school, or how did this happen? You know what? I fell into the sport. I I had no interest in the sport, and I'm a little bit different to to most people who probably have a career in the sport they had no interest in that my younger brother played, and my introduction to the sport was at 17 and a half years old when I was invited by him to play in his men's C-grade team at the local basketball stadium because they didn't have enough players. And I told him no three or four times before I got into trouble <laughs> by mum. And uh, <laughs> mum made me go to the stadium. And, um, you know, I often say that it's, it's amazing what you remember years later, but it was the last thing I wanted to do. But there was something in me on that particular night that said, look, I'm on my way there. I might as well try because I had no intention of, caring about it because I didn't want to do it and uh, I ran up and down the court as quickly as I could. I, I made a few baskets and it turns out that one of the probably 10 people in the stadium that day was a junior basketball coach from the Melbourne Tigers basketball club who, who found me a few months later and invited me to come and try out and I, I, I just kept going. I, I just kept going until I figured I wasn't going to get any better. That's a, that's I mean, a, that is just... That's a great story. Can, can, you, can you remember who the, who the young um, junior basketball coach was that, that, that picked you out? No, no, I don't. But he introduced me to Des Middleton. And, I'll, and you know, people often ask oh. about influences on my career. But mm. the, the, the coach of the under-18s team named Des Middleton, whose son was on the team, he just... It's such a simple thing, but he, he cared about me and he cared about the boys. He wasn't as interested in winning. And we just had this incredible team who... Almost accidentally won because we didn't care about winning, and uh, yeah. you know the environment, <laughs> freedom. The environment yep. I was in was incredible. That's it, exactly right. Yeah. Wow. Hey, can I can I just have my fanboy moment for a, for a second, if Here that's okay? So you were drafted to sure. Dallas in ninety in ninety seven. Um, how 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 was that experience? So I'm a Dallas fan. I've got to say, a little asterisk. So you know, huge huge fan of uh, Dirk Nowitzki, so as 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 I'm sure you are. Um, what was that experience like? And, and, and give me a little tidbit on Dirk. Well, it was, it was incredible. Dirk and Steve Nash both came the second year I was there. So my first year, it was Michael Finley, Cedric Sabalos, Sean Bradley, these, these guys. And it was a pretty tumultuous time after, you know, the three Jays had broken up. And yeah. we weren't very good. So, you know, our coach was fired. A month into the season, I realised really, really quickly after leaving Australia that I wasn't as good as I thought I was, and I, and I had to get back to work. And no, it, Dallas is you know the, my overriding emotion when I and I still I'm going back to Dallas next month. But whenever I get back there, the people are incredible. Um, the food's incredible, and the club from where it was, you know, it was just almost a laughing stock in the end. No one wanted to come there. No one wanted to play for the owner. To have Mark Cuban come in and did what he and, and do what he did, 
and to have an NBA championship in Dallas. You speak about dirt. Um, I could give you all of the anecdotes with playing with him, but it was watching him from the other side of the world and just understanding how much he struggled early days and understanding how great he'd become to the extent that he could literally put the Dallas Mavericks on his shoulders and beat the Miami Heat in that NBA championship series was just incredible. You talk about fanboying, I was fanboying my own teammates. <laughs> <laughs> he he it, is it special incredible. for the yeah, for the for the reasons you just mentioned. I mean he'll he'll be the last of uh, of of the sole superstar championship, so the you know all the all the uh, super teams now and people joining up and you know Dirk, you, you're 100 percent right. He really carried that team and he did it graciously and he's so humble and um, so friendly, good sense of humour. I'm a I'm a massive fan. Bizarrely, I was a former professional athlete myself, Chris, and I used to skip training. Uh, to watch Dirk because I respected his work ethic so much. Like, go figure. That makes no sense. I know, but um, yeah. So, th- thanks for sh- thanks for sharing that. That's um, you've, you've made my day. <laughs> Chris, no, look, there, there, there. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're right. I'm just saying, Jeeves has got a smile from ear to ear here. I just love watching <laughs> two of you, or both chatting basketball, it's and cool. Jeeves just loves it. I have to ask. Um, Having played for Australia, having played over in America, um, representing Australia, playing in the Boomers, all of all of that amazing stuff. Um, I guess if you were to look back on your time, um, particularly in the NBL, and look at the competition and how it's shaping now, how do you feel about the caliber of basketball talent here in Australia? I know, um, obviously, overseas and watching the NBA, it's just a whole other level. But I do really feel like there's been a lot of growth. Um, in the NBL, I guess how how do you feel like we're going, and 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 do you think that you know we might we might get to the excitement of the NBA at one point here in here in Australia? It's certainly um it's certainly I guess taking yeah strides over the over the past few years, um, particularly here in the the jack jumpers are flying, and look, I, I don't think the NBL ever gets to where the NBA is. I mean, we just don't have. You know, sixty or a hundred million dollars to spend every year, but that, that was Holly right. being but, a fan. <laughs> yeah, no, we, um, but but it's become a genuine, you know, almost launching pad for young players and even some of the imports here to get their opportunity to get to the NBA. And the quality, as a result of that, has certainly improved over the last three or four years and under Larry Kestelman's you know directorship. Mm. But what I'll always say is that as great as it is now, I'll always point back to eras gone by where I think it's a little bit disrespectful just to say it's better now because it was incredible at various times over the history of the NBL. It just that there weren't as many eyes on it. So that probably the most positive part of what's happening in basketball in the, at the moment is that we've got a television deal for the first time that generates money for each club. Yeah. Every single game that every single club plays is on television. Mm. And as a result, we're getting to know and in our minds develop relationships with the players from not only the team in our local city, but around Australia and around the league. So I just think it's in an incredible place to showcase what we are capable of. And as a result, you know, the, Ad- the Adelaide 36ers head off and play a couple of practice games against uh, two NBA teams in oh, a couple amazing. of weeks, just, just, to be on, just to be on that stage and... The NBL's in a very, very good place, and which is which is exceptionally pleasing because, as you'd recall, I mean Tasmania's known for longer than what we have, but it really struggled, you know, ten ten or so years ago, and was on the brink of not even being a league. So, yeah. anything would be a bonus. But what we're seeing right now is just incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah. Chris, uh, off off the back of the last dance, Luke Longley uh, was 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 very quiet in 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 terms of media and 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 didn't do a great deal around. Uh, the release of that Netflix series. He's now doing a, a bit of a speaking tour around the place. Uh, he's in Tassie next Friday. Uh, and you're, you're involved in that as well. What, what can we expect from you two? Well, uh, you can expect very, very little from me. I, I right. He's running this show. Oh, you're running yeah. this show. Sorry. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, I, no, I, Piecing you it together. Three, you, you might get about three minutes from me at the start. But look, <laughs> as you mentioned, there was an era of basketball that was incredible and I think the pinnacle through the 90s for Shane basketball was Luke Longley mm. Mm. and yeah, without social media and without the coverage we've got now I, I still don't think people genuinely understand how great Luke was but more so how fascinating his story is and look the insight he's got into into Michael Jordan the, the three championships Phil Jackson and then just the lens he sees professional sport through is is incredible and when lockdown opened up, I, he was the first person I caught up. If there's any possible way, because we hadn't heard from him during the Australian Open, we heard a little bit on the ABC with his Australian story, but I thought this is a story that needs to be told. And if if I can convince him to trust me to tell it in the right way and to help him share it in the right way, it'd just be incredible. And you know what? Tasmania is our first stop. We're in Hobart on Friday night on the 7th. Oh. It, it backs up after the Jack Jumpers game. And yeah. I've got so many, so many good basketball friends in Tasmania and I know that you guys have missed out or been overlooked for some of the big events that the mainland tend to get so we're really really keen not only to get down there but, but to begin the tour there so now any basketball fans get down to Rest Point Casino Friday night um, oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll do I'll, I'll do the plug I'm sure you can find the tickets uh, on the <laughs> Rest Point uh, website but chrisanstey.com.au forward slash events if you need to but Look, I'm, I'm really excited. I just can't wait to share his story. I know that everybody who turns up will... There are just so many takeaways and it's so insightful and fascinating that nobody's going to leave disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't... I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I saw the event. It's going to be a, a fantastic event and a great night. Um, I think I'm going to have to jump on and get a ticket myself and go and watch because I, I think it would be amazing. And I, I love the point you make before we go um, that obviously the NBL, um, you know, has grown a lot of that, I suppose, to do with the media coverage it gets. But I love the fact that you're you're really coming out now to share those Australian stories that maybe we missed out on a little bit and that the, the talent has always been there. It's just um, maybe we in history the, the light wasn't shone on it quite as bright as it as it is now, but I love that um, you're committed to, to sharing um, Luke Longley's story and, and, you know, oh, we could sit here all day. We want to hear more about yours, you know, um, <laughs> as well. So we really appreciate you coming on the show. I feel like we're going to have to get you back. I've got so many more questions. We've got a lot of lot of um, regular spots for you, Chris, know, if you're keen. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> Weekly. Um, we're both a bit... <laughs> You, you have my number. I like chatting on SEN up here in Melbourne, so give me a call anytime. Oh, you're a star. That's fantastic. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for joining the show. We really appreciate it. We've been a bit starstruck here on, on Saturdays yep. in Tassie, and we can't wait to have you here um, in the state next week as well. Um, I'll certainly come up and, and introduce myself and, and get along um, and get along to watch. I can't wait to hear Luke's story Amazing. Um, and to hear a little bit from you as well. It's fantastic. I look forward to meeting you and look forward to seeing anyone who turns up. I'll, you won't miss me. I'm the seven-foot guy that's going to be limping. <laughs> well, you might miss me because I'm Thanks, five God. foot yeah, four. Yeah, Holly's, Holly's easily missed vertically in, challenged. in the grass, let alone <laughs> yeah. the crowd. So, <laughs> On you, mate. Thanks so much for your time. Wow.
what Thanks, a guys. legend. Thank Cheers, you so Chris. much, Chris. We'll be back after a break. Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. This is Saturdays in Tassie for Taz Racing. Racing matters to Tasmanians. It's why we race. That's right. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you for Saturdays in Tassie. What a great guy. Chris Ancy, what a legend. Yeah, I kind of feel bad about asking about Dirk, so no, don't worry. Chris, Chris Ancy, so many questions God, Well, and that's part of the problem. What we have twelve minutes to oh, ask all just, the questions. Chris Ancy was so cool. Day. Same as Sholey. Like we could have, you could really could delve deep have, into, yeah. and hence the popular uh, popularity of podcasts. Right? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to start a separate so one. Longer. Christine was the same, but. Uh, Today's been great. It's We've been had great. Some, some stars. Yeah. yeah, it's been magnificent. Absolutely. Quick text uh, flash from Latrobe. Number 24, Craig Scholl. Oh, my God, Holly, you legend. One of my all-time favourite North players. Does that hurt talking to a North Melbourne Premiership player, Jeeva? <laughs> Lol, great interview. Thanks, Flash. Hey, I love the ruse. <laughs> Go the ruse. We'll be back after this. It's no secret greyhounds make great pets. Foster or adopt a retired greyhound. GapTaz.org.au Live across Tasmania on 1629 SEN Tassie and streaming live on the SEN app. Welcome to Saturdays in Tassie. That's right, Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves with you for Saturdays in Tassie. Doing it for Taz Racing, foster or adopt a greyhound today, gaptaz.org.au. Before we go, AFL Trade, um, get around SEN's trade radio. There's plenty of news there. But first of all, we need to talk about um, Brad Scott being appointed as Essendon coach. Super exciting. Yep. Um, but Kevin Sheedy, not too happy about it. <laughs> Can't help himself, Kevin Sheedy, can he? <laughs> Push Some, for, uh, sometimes less is best, uh, Kevin. Uh, yeah. 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 What do you make of that? Oh, it just... Um I, I part of me understood it that he he wants it publicly known that he's James Hurd's boy and that he had James Hurd's back and and I get that so some yeah. of the language around um, I think he, he mentioned that the board the board had fully endorsed and he didn't mm-hmm. like the wording and um, thought it was poor by the media department but at the end of the day you've announced a new coach and it's a great appointment Brad Scott's the right guy he had good success with North Melbourne no flags totally. good success and. Um, you, you just have to be publicly happy about it, Kevin. Yep, that's right. Anyway, we're he, happier than he's Kevin He's got is the asterisks. <laughs> Grumpy old man sitting right next to me. Oh, that was Saturdays in Tassie. Holy Fowler, Brett Jeeves, we're out of here. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.